Let's start in prayer because I am nervous and normally I'm not nervous. I can talk to anybody, anytime, anywhere. Um, that's not the problem. I'm just nervous because, you know, when I handle God's word and I start talking about spiritual things, then it's very humbling to me. Um, so I want to pray um, the prayer in Ephesians. And this is the prayer for spiritual wisdom. And it's Ephesians 1. And I mean, I can't pray better than the word. So if you'll bow your heads and just have this heart mindset as well. And it says, um, Paul's saying, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love for all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. And here's our prayer. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of our understanding being enlightened, that we may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead? And so my prayer for all of us is, Father, please, during this time, may you open our eyes and enlighten us, Father, to where we are with you, where we are with our spouse, where we are with our children, and where we are in our church and in our community. Father, we seek your face and ask, Father, that you have your perfect will and way as we submit and surrender to you, Father, knowing that you love us and that you have a plan for us, Lord, that's better than what we plan. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So I've just been asking the Lord what he would have me to share with you ladies and um, just a little bit about Stoney and I. He shared a little bit. We've been married 32 years. We're 33 years in uh, November. And um, we do have six children. We have three girls and three boys and four grandchildren. And so how many of you have been married longer than that? Raise your hand. Okay. So... Um, in society, what we know is the longer you're in something, the easier it gets or the better it gets. You know, like um, you think if, if you work, if you do a sport, the more you practice, the better you get and all these things. And it's, it can be that way in marriage, but also um, there are a lot of, of 
uh, ups and downs in marriages. There's a lot of seasons in marriage. Um, and so what I'm learning is that you're ne you never arrive. You never get to a point where you're not changing and you're not challenged as a Christian, but also as a spouse. Okay, so the, the mindset of, oh, when, it, when I get married, I mean, I wouldn't have thought we'd have been married 30 years, honestly, um, because bef when we got married, I was not saved. Stoney was not saved. So it was like, hey, if it works, great. If it don't, great, no big deal. But that was just the way I was raised. I was one of those that was raised in a single parent home and highly independent and actually encouraged to be for me. Like, you don't rely on a man for anything. If you want something done, you got to go for it. And so, thank God, by his grace, he saved me at an early age. And Stoney and I, I got married when I was 19. And so, he, you know, I sometimes look back and think, wow, you know, I could have went to college and I could have done all these things, you know. But the Lord always reminds me, I saved you from that. Because had I gotten into college, I would not be here today. I promise you. I would have been probably as left as left could be. And, and I say that by, it's just the facts. It's just the way it is. And um, so uh, I'm very humbled that, that God would give me this opportunity to speak to you ladies because um, and, and my notes are everywhere because I was seeking the Lord this past hour while you were in your sessions of like, Lord, I know what I think you wanted me to say, so I had it written down. But I also know that he's in charge and he can change plans anytime he wants to. And so he has given me a little bit of a different direction, but it kind of does fold in. Um, and so... One of the things, just, just a few questions I have for us, and that is um, how many of us have taken our salvation for granted? If you've been saved for a while, you know, we, we, take, we take people and relationships for granted. And one of the first relationships that God is, God's doing a, a work in my life right now in this particular season and I may get into that, but one of the things he has shown me, he's, he's doing a personal revival in me, but um, being in the ministry for, you know, however many years, um, ministry can be tough. It, it really can. It, it can be tough because... You know, you, you expect people to be like you are. Like, if you're wholehearted and you love God and, you know, you're all about, yeah, everyone should love Jesus and don't you love Jesus? And, you know, when I first got saved, it was all about, you got to know Jesus. You don't understand. Like, he forgave me. He gave me a clean slate, like, which was a big deal. And, and when I got in church, I just couldn't understand why people weren't excited, like, what is wrong with you people? Like, you're supposed to be saved. Like, why are you so quiet? I don't understand it. And I remember that used to really frustrate me. I'm like, what is wrong? Like, half these women are just like, 
you know, and even the guys, I'm like, oh my gosh, what's wrong with you people? Well, I became one of those people. I did. Because I took my salvation for granted. And that's the one relationship that we're all guilty of. But with that, how many of us that are married, um, and for those of you who are not, keep this in your pocket. Um, but how many of us take our spouses for granted? You know, you just kind of get, everyone just kind of gets in a routine and you start living life together and, and you have children and, you know, it's almost like you go into auto, autopilot. You know, you just kind of, you just do what you know to do. You get in a routine and, and all those things. And that's where we tend to get in trouble is when we take not only our relationship with Christ for granted, but we take our relationship with our husband for granted. And then even with our children, you know, sometimes we get so caught up in raising them and even raising them as Tony has shared, you know, God gave me when I got saved, he gave me the desire to be a wife. I didn't want to be a wife before. It was just like, yeah, you asked me to marry him. Okay, we'll try it. You know, a year and a half later, I'm like, I'm out. Like, this is so not, like, I, I don't like to be told what to do. I didn't have a dad. I met my dad when I was 26, which is a great story in and of itself for another time. But um, I was not going to have a man tell me what to do. Okay, so when I got saved, I was getting ready to leave Stony, and God saved me, and he gave me a desire to be a wife. And he also gave me a desire to be a mother where before I didn't want to have kids. I wanted to do my own thing. And so it's just neat how God will just completely just change everything. But I knew as a mother that I took that very seriously because I knew God wanted me to train these children up in the things of the Lord. And so I was very focused, very focused. As Tony was talking about, um, and I'm going to be honest with you, I mean, the, you know, as women, we, there's so much more to the story, you know. But um, our kids are not perfect. They're not. And, you know, we had one in particular that just really kept us on our knees when I was in the spirit. <laughs> but when I was in the flesh, I could have snapped his little head off, okay? I, I'm just going to go ahead and be honest with you. And as mothers, you understand the frustration. But even in that, we can take our kids for granted. And we can forget that we're so busy telling them and training them and telling them what they need to do and this, that, and other, that we forget to enjoy them sometimes because we're so busy training. And that's something that now, as a grandmother, I'm realizing that, yeah, I was, I was pretty tough on my kids, but that I don't regret. Now I can be their friends. I can be my daughter's friends now. I, I couldn't be at the time. But um, in that, though, in the taking things for granted, it breeds unthankfulness. We become ungrateful, right? And um, there's a lot of times we become very busy. Life's very busy for a woman, no doubt. It's for a man as well. But for a woman as well, we can get so busy that we leave God out of it. 
we don't have that personal time with him. Sure, I'll read scripture, and, and I would read scripture, and I would pray, and I would do Bible studies and all those things. But it, it can become, if we're not careful, a check-off list. It's something that we did because that's what we were supposed to do. But, you know, we have to have that time where we allow God to do a work in our hearts. And so that's, that's part of sitting still, which who has time to sit still? We're busy, right? We're too busy. Um, and so I find myself or I found myself a lot of times functioning in the flesh. And we all probably know what that means. If you uh, read Ephesians and Galatians, you'll, you'll know very quickly what the works of the flesh are. And according to John 15, which I love John 15, it's Jesus reminded us we have to abide in him. And I'll, um, I'll be the first one to confess. You know, I'm a pastor's wife. I should be abiding. I should be, you know, I, I'm supposed to do all these things. But frankly, that's not always the case in ministry. Because you're so busy ministering and helping others that you leave yourself out. And that's a danger. And God has found me there many times. So with all this, if you do leave heavy, just know that by God's grace, it's by his grace that he convicts us. You know, and it's by his grace that he has to set us back on track because it's so easy to get off track because of us taking things for granted. So we, get, we find ourselves in places we never thought we would be or places we're just not satisfied. And that's because we're not satisfied in Christ. And so in that, we... Even in, in marriage, we find that, how many of you have found yourselves at one point or another just unsatisfied in your marriage? You know, just, I thought it would be more than that. Raise your hands so I, I don't feel like I'm the only one. Um, or, um, and uh, this all stems from ungratefulness and, and taking for granted and ungratefulness. Some of the problems, though, when we're away from the Lord um, and we're not abiding in him and we're not allowing him to fill us and to meet our every need, we have expectations. And we'll put expectations on our spouse, right? And we focus on all the things he's not doing right because our expectations are not being met. And just so you know, God never intended for our spouses to meet our needs. God intended for him to meet all of my needs so that I'm not coming being so expectant of Stoney to be what I need, what I need. But in that sometimes when they're not meeting our expectations, we can become very... Um, angry and then we can start complaining and well at first it starts kind of with he don't do this he don't do that he don't do this he don't do that and then we find ourselves comparing and social media is 
the awfulest mess sometimes. Yes, we can use it for God's glory as we should. But a lot of times we find ourselves comparing our lives with someone else's, right? We sure do. And so um, I wish my husband would have bought me roses for Valentine's. Or he didn't take me out. Or whatever. I mean, you know, we just find ourselves complaining. And then we go into getting angry. And we may not even admit that we're angry. And we may not even realize we're angry sometimes. And then it becomes bitter. And sometimes we can be even bitter at our spouses. And what's worse is we can become bitter even toward God because of unmet expectations of what I thought life was supposed to be or what I thought a circumstance, how I thought it was supposed to turn out, and it didn't. And so then, now I would never say these things. These are not words I would say, but it's, it's the attitude of my heart, and that's where God has been showing me that I have allowed um, unforgiveness, even toward my spouse, even toward Stoney. Um, and I thought I had forgiven him, but apparently I didn't because every time something would come up, you know, you know, we could be picking or whatever, but just them little jabs, you know what I'm talking about? You know how we make them little, little, little ninja cuts, you know, we all do them, but, but it would be in those cutting remarks that I realized, Missy, you haven't let that go. And basically, it's not like somebody did anything god-awful to me. But he did admit that one of, the, one of Stoney's weaknesses were, man, he was all for God. And God bless him for that. And I appreciate that. But he allowed ministry to take place of being my husband and my children's needs and their father. So he's right when he says that I did a lot of raising our children. And that's fine because... Regardless of, I'm so thankful that even in our mess-ups, I'm so thankful for God's grace. He knows what we are. You know what I'm saying? So in all of that, and God, and God dealt with me about that, and I was like, Lord, I need to, you know, let that completely go. And so I say all that to say, you know, maybe there's things that God has shown you as a result of last night and today of forgiveness or holding on to something you know let it go let it go and it's it's not worth holding on to um, as far as that goes but it all goes back to our relationship with God it always goes back to taking him for granted and so he has shown me that I just went to a ladies prayer advance um, in Virginia and um, and God has shown me that, and Stoney's been preaching on the letters in Revelation, the, the letters to the churches, and God even started dealing with me back then on leaving my first love, which was Christ. And because I got too busy, and so that led me in down a, just a path of not being pleasing to the Lord because I was busy doing what I needed to do, life, you know, just autopilot, just going and going. And, uh, and Ephesians is very clear. I love the book of Ephesians. Um, and so 
when you have time, um, for the sake of time, I don't want to read all of Ephesians, but Ephesians 4 uh, start, talks about walking in unity. Then it goes on to talking about who we are. Of course, Ephesians talks about who we are in Christ, in Christ, in Christ. And so um, being part of, you know, um, when we understand who we are in Christ, and we, we get back to who we are in Christ in the abiding in John 15 because Jesus made it very clear. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And that is so true as far as having eternal dividends. Now, I've done a lot of things. I mean, if, I mean it wasn't nothing, but I wonder how much of it really is going to matter for eternity that has eternal dividends and so God is bringing me back into himself um, Missy without me you can do nothing you have to abide in me and let me abide in you and so that's where he has me and, and listen I've been saved for 30 31 years and so this is something that this isn't new because I am independent so I like to do things on my own and I always thought that you weren't supposed to be needy, right? I don't like needy. I don't like, sometimes needy people drain me. I, I try to stay away from needy people, okay? Because you gotta work it out. Like, I can't pet you your whole life, okay? But in God's economy, we have to be needy. He will take your independence, and Amanda and I were just talking about that. He will take your independence from you. And if you're highly independent, it's not gently because we want to hold on, right? We want to hold on. We want to be control. And, um, and I feel like I'm all over the place, but I'm going somewhere with this. Um, so... As I abide in Christ, he teaches me, and he has all these years. Because, again, if you, if you give me too much rope, I'm one of those. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the dog that you put a dog on a chain, and you see the, the rut where they, where they run because they're at the very end of the rope, and they're going. I'm one of those. That's, that's my nature is to run and do. But then I get myself in trouble, and then I come back, and I come back. So he's always bringing me back. That's just the story of my life. And I'm, I'm thankful that he's so patient with me and he brings me back. Um, and so in God's economy, he wants us to be dependent on him. Be dependent on the Lord in every area of your life. Starts with your mind, our minds, and then our wills. And then our affections, all these things, we have to be dependent on the Lord. And the Lord showed me, Missy, and which has given me a compassion for needy people. Because I'm needy. So it's, God is always growing us. But in Ephesians, 
You'll read. You'll know when you're in the flesh. You don't have to be in gross sin. You know, you don't have to be out there partying or doing what you used to do or what your friends did and, and all those things. That's, that's not always the flesh. The flesh can be when we're coveting. The works of the flesh, if you want to know, reading Ephesians and Galatians, gossiping, you know, slandering, um, being ungrateful. So those are church sins, okay? We have the outside world, drunkenness, rival, you know, all those things. Oh, I don't do that. Thank God. Thanks be to God I don't do that. But then he goes on to say, put off these things. So he tells us to put off the works of the flesh, but to put on Christ, okay? So I'm so thankful that he tells us how, what to put off, and that's constantly in our lives. Surrender is a natural, should be a natural part of your life as a Christian. You don't surrender just one time when you got saved or if God called you into the ministry or whatever. Surrender, and especially for strong-willed individuals. I can surrender that morning. I mean, especially when my kids were little, I'm surrendered. Lord, you know, I had this time with the Lord. I actually got up early, and I had my time with the Lord. I'm like, oh, I, I, I feel pretty good. Thank you, Lord. And then by 12 o'clock, I'm just like, oh, my word. Like, I am in the flesh again, you know. And so it's, it's a constant surrender. Now, I, I don't know the, guy, the gentleman that wrote, or if it was a female that wrote, I need thee every hour. Or I'm like, Lord, I need you right now. I need you right now. I need you right now. Minute by minute. But that's what abiding is. And so he teaches us that. But surrender. Is there anything in your life you need to surrender? Maybe he has shown you some things through your breakout session. What are some things you're holding on to that you need to just, you know, God, I can't. I can't. And I'm not going to hold on to this anymore. And a lot of times, if we're not trying to control our husbands, and ladies, we do that. You can say, no, I don't. If you don't, please stand up and give us a testimony. I would love to hear it. As women, we can be master manipulators. You think about some of the downfalls of the men in the scripture. Women were behind it. We can get what we want when we want it and how we want it. We figured that out. If you have daughters, pay attention. That They can do it. You know, and so I say that to say, I have to surrender my control or what I would like for Sony to do, I have to surrender that as a wife. He's not supposed to be what I would want him to be. So I surrender my expectations of Stony to the Lord. I also recognize that I have to surrender control, what I would want him to do, how I would want him to do it. And so I don't want to manipulate my husband because I want him to do what I want him to do. I also have to surrender my children to the Lord all the time, all the time. 
And you know, you think when they're little, I'm asked, I, we gave the, our children back to the Lord in the hospital. Like, Lord, these are your kids. These are your kids. But don't think for a second that's the only time I've had to surrender my kids. I have to surrender them often. Because especially when they're little, we're kind of in control, right? We have to be in control. And so before we know it, we're controlling them even more so to where we're not allowing God to do a work in their life. Because we have expectations of what our kids should be. And that goes back to the expectations taking our children for granted, what we think they should be, and you need to do this, this, and this, that we forget to see them as they are God's. He only loaned them to us for an amount of time. And I can't let what other people think my kids should be be my standard. But in that, sometimes I can become a control freak, and I won't, I didn't let, I didn't allow the Lord the, the liberty to do what he wanted to do because I was getting in the way sometimes of my kids' growth in the Lord because I was controlling them, you know. I didn't, and, I, you know, I'm just being real with y'all. I mean, yeah, um, it was just easier for me to tell them what to do and how to do it. It was so much easier than to say, you know what, you need to seek the Lord on this. When my kids got saved, praise the Lord. That was the one thing. I said, Lord, if you don't do anything else for me, will you save them? Because that's the only thing we get to take with us. So that's why when Stoney talks about convictions, he gave us laser focus. I had no problem telling the coaches beforehand. And just to clear something up, I would speak with the coaches first. And I said, I need you to understand that we don't play on Sundays and Wednesdays. So it's not like I would just jerk him off the mound at 6.45. There was, there, was, there was some boundaries, and they were set. And I said, so I need you to know this ahead of time, okay? But see, I was so busy, you know, this is what we do, this is what we do, this is what we're going to do. You need to do this, this, and this. But when they got saved, I said, you're old enough to develop your relationship with the Lord. That was one thing I, that, by the Spirit, had me to say to them, you need to develop this relationship with the Lord. It's not my relationship. I can't, I can't grow for you. So I would, and I would ask them, did you have your quiet time? No, go have it. Well, Mom, can I finish? No, go have your quiet time. So I did that part, but as they start getting older and, and they start driving and they start doing these things, you realize real quick just how much you're not in control. You're not. You have to trust that you train them, but you have to entrust them to God, and that's a surrender. Because even now, I still want to take control. And they're grown. I mean, my youngest is 18. But it all goes back to my surrendering to the Lord, me abiding with the Lord, because only then, as I surrender, as I abide, am I going to have the mind of Christ, which he tells us when we put on Christ. I have to constantly take off. Do we wear the same clothes every day? We take them off and we wash them, right? 
that's the way this is. I have to constantly take off those things, those areas of trying to be in control or whatever. And so I have to surrender them to the Lord. And I can only do that as I'm abiding in Christ, as I stay surrendered to him. Um, and I love the illustration of when, when someone surrenders, what do they do? Like what, what's a physical out, what do they do? If someone surrenders, what do they do? You said it. Hands up, hands off, right? You know, hands off. And that's a great illustration. It's a great reminder to me because sometimes when God is convicting me and showing me, well, Missy, if you'd back off, I can do a work in their life. But you're all up in it. You got to be putting your mouth in it, putting your words in. Are they truth? Yeah. Am I speaking truth to them? Yeah. I'm quoting scripture to them. You know, it, it's not like I'm cussing at them and all this stuff. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm telling them truth. I mean, what's wrong with you? This is what the word said, blah, blah, blah. And the Lord's like, Missy, back off. Hands off. And let me. They're mine. They are not yours. And I'm sorry. That's tough words for me to hear. I'm sorry. I confess. This is something I have to do all the time. Because as moms, we know what's best for our kids, right? We think we know what's best. You know, especially when they were little, we knew what was best. Don't touch that. You're going to get burnt. Don't do this. You're going to get hurt. Don't, don't, right? Like we knew what was best at that stage in their life. But as they get older, we don't know what's best for our kids. Why? Why don't we know what's best for our kids? Somebody say. It, I mean, I'm, I'm asking. What makes us think that we know God's plan for our kids' lives. I have plans for my kids. You know? I know what I would love for my kids to be. And again, that goes back to our expectations. Right? What we want them to be. And I'm going to be honest with you. Doggone, I'm a preacher's wife. These are preacher kids. Now, we don't live in a glass bowl, and I told my kids, we don't live in a glass bowl. Uh, we're real just like the rest of y'all, and I'd make sure I told my ladies in the church that kind of wanted to chime in once in a while, you raise your kids. Not being mean, but when someone just wants to meddle, you know what I mean? I can take godly advice, but don't be coming in here trying to tell me how to raise my kids when yours are hog wild, okay? Ain't going to happen. But, um, you know, I would think, oh, my gosh, like, I raised you better than this, you know, and you're just burping so loud that everybody can hear you. Like, I promise I taught my kids manners, but they're, especially boys, you know, right there at the church fellowship, you know, right at a meal, and you're just like, oh, my God, <laughs> you know. But, but again, I put myself under an expectation of what I thought they should be instead of just saying, Missy, come on. Yes, manners are important, but you know what? 
I had to learn to, to, to just raise them and do what's right, reinforce. But at the same time, God has to grow them, and you have to let him. And it doesn't get easier as they get older. It's harder. Listen, I go back to raising little kids any day. Any day. And if you would have told me that back then, I'd have packed their bags and said, okay, go ahead. You go right on ahead. Because it was tough. I'm not going to lie. I mean, six, some less than two years apart, I'm just like, I'm pulling my hair, I'm pulling my hair out. You know, it would be, you know, it was challenging, but... I thought, oh, man, if they can just get old enough and they can get independent, whoa, it'll be great. I won't have to change diapers all the time. I won't have to tie their shoes and all this stuff. I was, like, looking on ahead, like, yes, glory day's coming. It's going to get so easy. It's not. (laughs) It's not. Especially when they get out on their own. It's hard. Because your training's done. You're done. Now you have to just trust the Lord to do what he can do. And so, surrendering, I'm constantly surrendering myself unto the Lord. And I'm submitting to him and to his word. As I am abiding, those two go, they're they're together. It's all together, okay? As I'm abiding in the Lord, though, it makes it so much easier to do this. It does. Because I realize and I'm constantly reminded as I'm abiding, as I'm taking the time in God's word and I'm allowed, like taking time with him, not just checking something off or a Bible study, finishing this chapter and filling in the blanks. That was a big deal to me. I couldn't leave a blank on done you know so that was a big deal to me big deal to me but sometimes I wasn't always applying right I wasn't always applying I had it I had it here but it's the application part and so again the Lord faithfully continues to keep me in surrender keep me submitting and abiding and praying praying And just understanding, God, they're yours. And I trust your plan for their life. Even though it's not what I would have picked. But praise the Lord, I didn't do what I would have picked for my life either. You know what I mean? Like, aren't you thankful for how God divinely intervenes on our behalf all the time? It doesn't matter what stage of life you're in. He still will intervene, and he'll still interrupt and say, yeah, that's not. But then that goes from me going over here, right? But this would be so, and it's good stuff. It's not like it's bad. It's good stuff. No, Missy, that's not. Get, get over here. And so God is always growing us. You never arrive in the school of faith. There's some books I'm reading. I'm not, I don't know if you're familiar with Warren Wearsby, but he has a great B series. How many of you have ever heard of Warren, Warren Wearsby? He's great. 
I obviously have the old copy because I'm doing a Bible study with, with uh, Sarah. I've done Bible studies with my daughters, um, but the two just had babies, so they're just like, yeah, Mom, I'm not going to be able to do this time. Um, but So this is the older version, but the Be Obedient, this is where God has me right now. And he's reminding me of faith. And, you know, sometimes I do a lot of things, again, in autopilot, and I'm not trusting God for. That goes back to everything ties together. Because if I can just function in the normal, and I'm just doing what I've always done, and they're not bad things, they're good things, what am I trusting God for? Even as Christians, y'all, we can forsake our faith. Now, we would never say, I have forsaken God, and I have walked away from him. And we would never say that, would we? But ladies, we can be deceived. Be sure to know. And the longer you walk with God, you're just as much of a candidate to be deceived as anybody else. Deceived into thinking we can do it on our own. Don't think for a second anything that God's done in your life had anything to do with you. My kids, I wish I could take credit for them. I really do. I can't. They were saved by God's grace and his faith. It's his work in their life. It's not mine. Anything that has anything to do with eternal value I had nothing to do with other than when I did this. And I'm thankful for God's grace. And I'm thankful for his forgiveness, ladies. One of the things I'm guilty of is I'm a great self-condemner. I'm great at it. I can, I can stay in my mistakes because I'm a perfectionist. I think everything should be perfect. So I can spend a lot of time looking in that rearview mirror, what I could have, should have, would have done. But the illustration you've all heard before, why is the rearview mirror smaller than this one? But I spend a lot of time looking here which we know if we're driving, what's going to happen if I'm looking there long. But in, in spiritual, that's one of my things is I self-condemn. And the Lord has recently been showing me, Missy, don't you know? It's been me the whole time. It's never been you. It's not about you. You can't take credit for anything. But you don't need to condemn yourself either. I forgave you. So I would encourage you ladies, you know, do a, do a study on Ephesians and circle every time it says in him. In him. In Christ. Because that's who we are. I am who God says I am. You are who God says you are. But we can allow the enemy, and I, I'm guilty, I have allowed the enemy to deceive me 
in my mind. And don't think for a second, don't ever think for a second that you cannot be deceived. I don't care how long you've been a Christian. Remember, we are prime candidates. Why? The enemy hates us. He hates a woman of God or a man of God. He hates the children of God. So although every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, every Wednesday night, singing in the choir, doing all those things, I could be just as far away from God as I was before I was saved. Oh, it looked good on the outside. I had it down. Church can become autopilot, right? It's things we can do without even thinking about. And, but God has been showing me, Missy, 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 I don't need your help. Now, I would never say, God needs me, and God needs my help. Those words would have never come out of my mouth. But that's what he's been showing me in this personal revival that I'm going through, is I need to be doing all these things. You know, they're good things. But if, it's, if I'm not surrendered and I'm not abiding and it's not something that God has specifically told me to do and I've busied myself so much that I can't even have time with them, I'm sorry to say, but if you read in John 15, there's going to be a lot of wood, hay, and stubble. That when I stand before God and I will give an account for my works, how much of it was I doing because it was autopilot. I was just doing it because it was the right thing to do or maybe it was expected of me or I expected myself to be. The only way I'm going to know what God wants me to do is when I'm in him. That's the only way we're ever going to know. So read John 15 and let him remind you but also, um, so here recently, um, our grandson, whom I adore, and I've had the privilege of keeping him so Sarah could work. And I'm telling you, there's nothing like them. And no, you don't love your grandchildren more. You're just at a different stage in life where you understand what's important. And, and you learn from your mistakes. Your kids were the guinea pigs. Now your grandkids get to <laughs> enjoy, you know, a better version of you. But he was recently diagnosed with leukemia. It was on Christmas Eve, which is his birthday. And... Um, It's amazing how good God is. What should have been earth-shattering, I knew. You know, I've never, I haven't fallen apart yet. Why? 
because I learned to keep my hands off. I'm learning more and more. There are hard days, and it's very hard to watch my daughter go through something like that because moms want to fix you, right? Even when you get older, you still want to fix them. You still want to take their hurts, but you can't. But I told my daughter, Sarah, I told her on the way to treatment. I take him to treatment. And, of course, we had to take Nora because Nora was only uh, from the 16th to the 24th days old. Um, I told Sarah, I said, I know, you, I know you probably don't see this, and you're probably not supposed to. I said, but I see the grace of God in action in your life. And she just started crying. And she said, Mom, it's so hard. It was hard that first month on those steroids. He became a different child. It was awful. It was awful. And she said sometimes she would just call me and say, Mom, can I just bring him over for a little bit? I, I just can't deal. And... Uh, she said, Mom, I just feel like s such a bad mom sometimes. And I said, Sarah, I understand what it means. I understand. I've had many bad mom days. I said, but honey, understand that Judah's not yours. He's the Lord's. And you let God do what God chooses to do. And you just trust him to give you what you need each day. We're not looking. It's a two and a half year journey. We're not looking way down there. We take one day at a time. And so God allows us to be broken. And he will break us. We cannot be independent with God. He won't allow it. But I'm so thankful that he don't allow it. Because you leave me to myself, I'm in a mess every time. And I can make a big mess real quick. So my challenge to you ladies is as you evaluate what the Lord's doing in your life through this weekend, as you evaluate yourself first, as a child of God, where are you with him? Are you too busy? Because if you're too busy for that one relationship, I'm sorry to say, you're way too busy. And you're never going to function in the fullness of Christ and in his strength as long as you do it in yours. So evaluate. Ask the Lord, God, show me. Where am I too busy? Do I have unforgiveness in my heart? Do I ha are there things in my heart that have no business being there that I've justified in my mind? Are there areas in my life where I'm deceived? I think I'm right, but really I'm wrong. Allow him to show you those areas. Ask his forgiveness. Receive his forgiveness. 
But my prayer lately, and it's funny, Amanda said earlier, like, Lord, I don't ever want to be independent again. Well, if we get too busy, we'll be there again. Yeah, every time. But Lord, help me to do this and spend more time abiding because it's then that he's able to live his life through me. He never needed me, nor does he need me, to show others how they need to be doing things. He don't need us to help him. He just wants us to be full of him and to be available so that these can be his hands. As I serve, they're his hands, his feet, his mouth, his ears. And that's only letting his life flow through me. He don't want mine. He don't want my flesh. Okay? So wherever you're at, trust that he knows what's best. And, and abide. John 15 should become one of your favorite chapters in the Bible. And Ephesians and Galatians will let you know if you're walking in the flesh. Lord, is this of me or is this of God? He'll let you know. Read it. He'll let you know. Okay? So let me pray with you. Father, thank you so much for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for who we are in Christ. Thank you for your patience toward us. As Psalm 103 tells us, Father, we're not to forget all your benefits. But Lord, how that you, you know our frame. You know what we're made of. And I'm thankful. And I pray for each one of us as ladies, Father, that we would be in our rightful place, which is at your feet, trusting you, spending time with you, seeking what you want to do in our lives, being available of what you tell us to do, surrendering our expectations surrendering our husbands, our children to you, Lord, trusting that you know what's best. Because, Father, regardless of how we think things should be, you know what's best, and may we praise you in every area of our lives, God, because you are worthy of our praise. You deserve all the honor and all the glory. And may our lives simply be a reflection of who Christ is. That when people see us, when our husbands see us, when our children see us, when the outside see us, Lord, outside of our home see us, they don't see us. They see Christ and they want him. Praise your holy name, God, and may we walk in the fullness of who you are. And it's because of Jesus Christ we can pray this prayer. 
in his name and for your glory and our good. Amen.